Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. That's good for you, though. Like, the authenticity, right? I think that's what, like, players want to hear. Like, you're not just some corporate suit, right? Like, you're just... Yeah. I think that's important. Exactly. I was going to call the SP the shit piss, but I thought... That was <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'm out of it now, so sorry. Welcome back to Pucks in Deep, episode number 128 here. I'm your co-host, Connor Thelman. Joining me, as always, James Murray. How are you, bud? Um, good. I'm good. I'm Not good. A lot, a lot of college hockey this weekend. Mm. Um, Beavs, I don't know what that was. You got ah. sweet northern Michigan there. Um, yeah. Your dog's got to earn a split on the road. Thank you. Felt yeah. great. Felt, felt great. Felt, felt great. great. How about uh, the... Quinnipiac? Well, not them, the hottest team in the country right now. Everybody's saying it. The Northeastern Huskies. Oh. We had we had boots on the ground. Austin Plevy. Plevs, how are you? You were there. How are you feeling? Boys, I'm feeling good today. I was <laughs> I was down on the boys, but they're back, man. What a weekend. Like you said, yeah. I was there on on Saturday night. Heck of a game. Merrimack's a good hockey team. But, uh, I mean, you come to Matthews. Tough place to play. Husky come out. Big weekend. First place in hockey. <laughs> Yeah, no. feeling good. Rocking the hoodie, rocking the hat, double barrel jerseys behind me. The boys double awesome, barrel, I'm just back in the wagon. Back in the wagon. <laughs> I mean, people are saying it kind of started in Fenway with you. I don't think this team's going to lose again. God, they needed a spark. That's what everyone, all, this, all the staff and some of the boys said when I was there, hey, you're back again, two for two when you're in town. So I, I'm going to be around more, I think. Well, so, they need you so more. Yeah, I awesome. mean, the, the hockey East mm. is so close right now on the standing, just all the way down. But Northeastern is on top. They got two points over BU. Is hell of a team this year. BU. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to be top four for us. Do you think Northeastern can finish first, get a f- one seed going to the playoffs? I know we still have a month, a little over a month left, but is it possible? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're getting, they're getting hot at the right time. I, I talked to coach Keith at Fenway and, and they were close in some games and some bad bounces, but now it's kind of going the other way for him. I mean, Levi's standing on his. Yeah. It's helping. When you're, it helps when you're like your team's hot and you still have the best goalie in the nation, even though if he's not on his, you know, his best right now, but he, he's been 100%. ridiculous so lately. This is the time you, you want to get hot, right? I mean, like yeah. I said, I was, it's kind of wild. I looked at the standings last week and they were like a point out behind Merrimack for the weekend. It's like, mm. they've been terrible, but like, they're still right there. And you get hot now, pick up some momentum at the end of January, man. That's, that's all you need. A couple of good bounces, a hot team. So, so I'm pumped. Especially, I mean, their non-conference is not great. We were talking about that. The, well, the Atlantic is tough. You got to respect <laughs> the Atlantic. We're yeah. getting into that later today in the podcast, but uh, versus hockey East, they're showing up, you know, like <laughs> Spanking Merrimack, that yeah. they sweep UConn, like they're, you know, they're heating up at the right time here. 
Um, and yeah, you just got to win those games. You'll be, you'll be set. Is there anyone else in college hockey? I mean, let's talk about the Quinnipiac. Tough weekend for them. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So the amount of comments we're getting, we get it. They lost two games. Yeah. Know, they haven't lost since, uh, what is it? November. Mm-hmm. And people are like, Oh, but I thought they're number one. They're still going to be top five. You know, yeah, like yeah. they're still a good hockey team. You're going to lose both one goal games to add Cornell at Colgate. Tough place to play. Yep. Tough place. Colgate. We love the Guard Raiders. The gate. Yep. Guard that shit. Um, I think Peretz had a, kind of a tough weekend, you know, as well as their, def- their defense in general, like that last, the game winning goal for Colgate. Yeah. You got, you can't yeah. give that up. Was that, was that Metza too? Uh, I don't know who the he was out there. Was. He was out there. That's a tough pick and score, man. Like yeah. what, what are you doing? So I think they just, they fell asleep at the wheel a little bit, but it's one weekend. Yeah. It's one weekend of the whole season. Yeah, they're like, fine. They're like, still, they've still only lost what, three games all year. Yeah. Like, they'll finish top five. Yeah. Denver got swept by yeah. UMass. Well, and then like, UMass and, is where are they? They're buried six feet under, you know, like it can happen. It's one weekend. Yeah, that's, that's true. Now, now they go to Harvard too. those or no, they go to sacred hearts, their next game at sacred heart. Tough. It's a tough building tough. to play in. Let's go. And then, well, that's for the it's, it's in the Connecticut tournament. Yep. Yeah, but then they get out of there and they have to play yeah. Harvard. So a couple good Dude, tests. They for win, I hope they lose three straight to our boys, the Pios. They're oh. they're dialed, coming off a hot sweep of Holy Cross. Hate to say it. Yeah, uh, I do because we do have Heart. we have a great uh, that that's kind of a little transition here. Mm-hmm. We have a great podcast for you guys. Former Holy Cross legend, the guy's a top twenty Atlantic hockey player of all time. He was there the inaugural year that the Atlantic Hockey Association started. James Sixsmith. Um, sixer sixer as as everybody calls him you know guy played 12 years 13 we're giving him 13 professionally mm-hmm. and now he's the owner of take profit trader a company we're proud to be sponsoring or be, be a, sponsored by a company we're proud to be partnered with yeah um so we're going to talk to you guys all about that how you can you know if it, it's not for everybody but if you want to you know possibly make some money i mean hell we give you tips on how to bet every week. And I hope you don't take all of them, mm. but for this one, it's, this is a professional. Okay. This is the guy that's going to teach us how to trade it. Maybe he can teach you as well. You know, it's a great program ran by a college hockey guy ran by a lot of hockey players. So can probably still put the puck in the back of the net too. He, he yeah. looks like he can. Yeah. 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 I'll say that. So great interview coming up with James Sixsmith. A lot of, a lot of good stories in that as well as, you know, just what his company does. If you're the North Dakota story is unbelievable. Let's yeah. Leave it there. Just, you guys got to wait for that one. Synergy but. twig. Yeah. <sighs> I miss those. I might, we need to get one in the studio just in case we want to snap. He probably still has a two piece at home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, check out that interview coming up here, but yeah. Uh, should we just dive plebs? How, how long can you stay now? Or you gotta go? I gotta bounce. I gotta fill out a couple, a couple of slides here. So I gotta bounce, but yeah, I got my my two cents in. So you got his two cents. Well, thanks for being uh, on the ground at Northeastern this week. And we'll, uh, hear Mm. from you next week. And you're going to Holy Cross this weekend. It seems like the place to be. Yeah, yeah. God, he's going to the Atlantic yeah. this weekend, folks. Everyone, pray for plebs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Or it's Thursday. I don't know why. Oh. I don't know why my boss is dropping the puck, but he is. So I'm going Thursday, <laughs> and then he just invited me to go to the alumni game, and then his that Sixers like ceremony too. So I'll be there. So plebs gonna be buckled Saturday night at Holy Cross. It's gonna be a good one. Yeah, get yeah. there if you're listening to this and you're around the area. You might want to drop in. Yeah, for, for that puck drop. Get to Holy Cross. Right. Yeah. There we go. Well, thanks, pleasure for uh, tuning in and being on the pod today. And uh, yeah, we'll hear from you next week. See you, fellas. See ya. <laughs> Later, plebs. All right, so now we can shit all over Northeastern. They are number one in the hockey East. Yeah. All right, let's get back into it here. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a great weekend of college hockey. What 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 stood out to you, James? We already covered our teams. Bemidji, you know, splits not bad mm. with Northern. Uh, Northern Michigan will be right there. They're, they'll probably have to win the CCHA tournament, I would say, the yeah. way they're playing. 
to get in. I mean, maybe Bemidji will too. I don't know. They're 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 hovering around top twenty. Um, UMD big split with North Dakota, but both of those teams probably need to win the frozen faceoff yeah. to make the tourney. And then, uh, yeah, Quinnipiac out. But otherwise I would say one thing that's going to jump out to people when they check out our rankings this morning, um, uh, if you're listening to this, we're recording this on Monday, but, um, anyways, you have already seen Boston university. They just keep winning. They do keep winning. They, they have stood out to me. Maddie Brown, four point night was a Saturday night. Um, you gotta, yeah. you gotta respect that. I think one thing that stood out to me, uh, going to the ECAC, Harvard had a tough weekend. They won an overtime versus Yale, who was what 60th in pairwise to 56 somewhere in there. Yeah, and then they lost the next night to Brown. They had a tough week, and it was the weekend of Cornell. It was the, the come weekend out of party. Cornell. Yep, yep. You know, they, Cornell looks good right now, and they're just gonna keep straining it along. But that, that win over Quinnipiac at home, it looked electric. That atmosphere, so big, yeah. big win for Cornell. They're gonna get hot. They're making the tournament. We were talking I think they're to be last, uh, one of those last teams in, but they yeah, got it. We we're talking to the Sacred Heart boys, and it sounded like that was their toughest game of the year. They're like, yeah, Cornell, Cornell is good. legit. They're, they're big huge. And they hit. Yeah, yeah, and they hit everything. Yeah. So, so like, who wants to play that against that? Like some of their boys, even that that clap bomb that I posted as the number one goal from Bancroft mm. on Saturday, that was the fastest fucking shot I've seen all year. <laughs> you couldn't like, but, you didn't even see it hit the net. It just you saw it coming out. It was just an absolute rocket. Like they got some big boys, and yeah, like what. They haven't lost in a while. I think that's five straight for them. They did get swept by the best team in college hockey, UMD. Mm. That was earlier in the year. You know, I think they put it behind them, obviously. And now they're they're going to be right there for winning the ECAC. I mean, it's them, Quinnipiac, and Harvard. Uh, yeah. Lately, they're the hottest team in the ECAC. They're 9-3 and, and, oh, and, and one, I guess. It's really confusing when you read on CHM. You want to say that one more time? Yeah, they're 9-3 well. and one right now. So that's in conference play. I mean, they're, they're controlling their conference, which is what you got to do at the end of the day to get you know, a good seed getting the tournament. So Cornell impressive. Um, I will say right now, watching the Minnesota Michigan game, I think Michigan's making the tournament. They're a lock. They looked really good this week and they for speed wise stuck, stuck with the Gophers all weekend. It, you know, that was, that was definitely play for some parts of the weekend. Of the, yeah. I mean, it was, it was really good. St. Cloud Denver was a good series too. St. Cloud sweeping, but all, all four of those teams mentioned in the tournament and probably will do well. I think so. I mean, Michigan, they got to get better at their big 10 play. I and mean, this is the first step in that, in that direction. But I pair think. wise, they're, they're seven. They're eight, eight right now. They're eight. Yeah. I Which, mean, that's it's insane. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's a lock. It, when it, if it's that season's over, it's a lock. Exactly. For, and they're beating everybody, you know, non-conference. Like we unfortunately saw them sweep uh, Western Michigan. When we were there. Yep. It, like they can beat anybody now. Also Broncos are just a wagon by the they way. They are impressive. And, uh, is that five straight for them too? I want to say six. Six, six straight for the Broncos. That's right. So good guy with the they, best, they line, in hot, best line in college hockey. And uh, yeah, I put out that tweet the other morning. Top five scores right now in college hockey, not drafted. Insane. Hey, if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, you got to be thinking, of uh, hey, we're going to sign a college kid because we don't have money. Yeah, McAllister, cap. freshman, Graf from Quinnipiac, freshman. Nasty. He, yep. I'm trying to think who else is on there. Matt Brown, he's senior. Poland, senior. And then there's one more I'm missing on. I can get into it. Swankler. Swankler. Yeah. So, he's sophomore? Got, I think he's sophomore. He's sophomore, but yeah, um, yeah, forty or thirty-eight points. Yeah, I mean, Jason Poland has twenty-three goals. We're yeah. we're in it's January twenty-third. Like mm-hmm. there, there's two months more of hockey yeah. to go on here. If they that go guy deep could in the t- tournament, he could have forty goal season. He could touch forty. Yeah, that's a heater kind of fucking yeah, season. That is college hockey. That is and like Western Western's hot. They're hot though. They're very hot. Is there? Any, let me. We just got a RIT top twenty. Welcome. I know for all you corner crew listeners out there, faithful. Impressive weekend from RIT. I will say that's just, another thing that stood out is RIT and God, Kobe's got mm, the boys going over there. So good, I mean, good to see. They took down, you know, <laughs> I was going to say something sketchy. Oh. <laughs> this team showed up to Mullet Arena and 
Talk about shave those mullets right off. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, scalped them. Okay. Literally, it was a scalping. I don't, Arizona State, if we want to talk about Doss boot, Doss effing boot. Like it wasn't, we were it's thinking tough. about it last week. Yeah. How do you, the pairwise, and we now, love where it. are they at now? I think I we've mean, had on like ooh, seven ASU guys. It's, it's going to be. They need Dom Garcia back. They need Jaywalks. They need the boys. They still have Copper and Don. you know, like Mastro. Mastro. They have some of like, the most talented. They have some like, talent One of the, on the most team. talented lineups in college hockey, and they just can't finish games, man. At least Saturday night, can't they looked it. better. It was close. They were up 2 nothing to start. They can't finish up. Like, RIT's a gritty team. They've been to- around top 20 all year. They're firmly in it now. They're 17th pairwise. Yep. And it was a convincing sweep on the road. Convincing. Like, that's yep. kind of insane. So, shout out to the Tigers, baby. Our corner crew, you deserve it. Th- those memes of them, uh, wasn't it them, like, coming in and out of the top 20 with DC? <laughs> yeah, yeah. SpongeBob memes? Whoever runs that page... You. You're, you're doing still post that it still plays right now. Like now they're in. Oh, they're, I'm they're, sure they're they got sense. something tailored for today. Like yeah. they are dialed <laughs> all 24 seven. So shout out to you guys. Another team that kind of stood out to me, Omaha. They're going to be top 20 this week. They just swept Miami. I think they've won five straight. Mm. Um, like they, again, unfortunately swept the Bulldogs. They're, they're kind of a wagon at home. They don't lose. They've been on a homestead for at least two weekends now, maybe three. Um, yeah, they're, they're a legit team. BC had a tough weekend. Vermont, yeah, they gave them everything they wanted more. So. Yeah, shout out to the gut. You know, you guys stayed true on the road. That, I think that's their biggest. Who else did they sweep this year? Have they had a sweep? <laughs> Isaac's looking at me like, are you kidding me? Yeah, so <laughs> big. And that wasn't even a sweep because they won in a shootout the first night. But, you know, right. big series win versus a ranked Boston College team. We just saw them versus Sacred Heart. They're, they're very stacked, too. Yeah, they look good. I mean, the, this weekend, I don't know. Anyone can beat anyone, though. It was, it was an interesting weekend. I was happy for him. Who else uh, do we got to touch on? Penn State. That was a six series just to see the whiteout on the white Saturday. The brand new Jays. Yeah, Notre Dame. Place big, was big upset win, though, on Friday night. Yeah, Bischel. I mean, what do you have? 55 saves? Yeah, kid stood on his head. Talk about so. underrated He's got to be goalie of the week, right? I haven't looked at this goalie stuff this week. I haven't either, gotta, yeah. but that, He's gotta be there. that's up there. I think he only gave up three on Saturday, too. He yeah. wants to face 40-plus there. I mean, like Penn State, that's a pucks and deep team. We heard it from Jimmy Dowd himself. I think that was our last podcast, actually. And yeah. yeah, they shelled them both nights, but he's he stood tall Friday. So good for Notre Dame. They're 15th pairwise. I don't know how that's possible when you're 11, 12, and 3. Because the rest of the Big Ten is like a top 10 pairwise. I, I guess. But I guess. Just, and then, just, you know what just rubs me the wrong way? Duluth is 32. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but in Alaska, can they play a game? Yeah. It's two straight weeks without my Nanooks oh. in there, and it hurts. We have a huge tilt. They're going for six straight versus uh, Anchorage this weekend. So, we'll Oh, see. baby. They already got the Governor's Cup, but why not just absolutely? It's not <laughs> worth winning if you can't win big. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I got Nanooks fever this weekend. That better be a line on DraftKings. Or I'm I, just, pissed. I just want the, the pairwise. The, the, if they can get 16, mm. I don't know. Me and Isaac were in St. Cloud this weekend, and the first guy in line is wearing this winter, like, I don't know, Club Penguin hat, but then <laughs> below that, Club Penguin hat? But he's got the blue Fairbanks jersey on. And mm-hmm. we were just like, wow. My kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, propelled St. Cloud to a sweep over Denver this weekend, no doubt. He, he was there in full force. So um, the Nooks were there, and they're, the they're back this weekend. But yeah, back on that St. Cloud series, they look so good. And we watched them Friday night. Me and I Talk about did. convincing sweep. It was... Denver's a good effing team. Yeah, really I mean, good team. Two really top good four team. matchups right there. St. Cloud looked unbelievable Friday night. It was impressive. It was Saturday night. Which one do we... Friday night? Yeah, it was Friday night. Friday night, and then they shut him out two nothing yeah, on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, so it was. I don't know. They're they're our number one team. That's my number one team for sure. And they're I 
they had to make the Frozen Four. They're older. They want it bad. They didn't win a couple of years ago. They still have some players on that team, on this team right now that, that, were, that were in the Frozen Four in Pittsburgh. So and they're two, hungry and they're going to win. Two tendies that can go the distance. Yeah, that like too. They got Caster. He, he kind of let them down when, uh, who got injured last year at the end of the year for them? Their, their oh, starter, I can't remember his name. God, you're, I can't pull a name right now. Um, But yeah, he goes down and Ca- I remember Caster had to step in and that's kind of why they got early bounce from the tournament. I don't think he was ready. He didn't play much all year. This year, he's really surprised me. Like he had that shutout. I think he only had 19 saves or something mm, on Saturday night, but he's been good all year. And then you got Bessie who transferred from Colorado College. Yep. He's gross too. So you got deep tendies on this team. Yeah, good and, coaching, older guys, like the boys want it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, they they kicked ass this week. And What are you laughing at? That's the way you pronounce it. Uh, why do you say it? Bassy. Yeah. What? Okay. Well, <laughs> You know, I'm keeping that in. All right. What, what were you saying, James? I don't even know. No. <laughs> God damn it. I think clouds going to the frozen four. That's fine. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Book them, book them, book them. Uh, another thing I just want to say, I made that post on the two. Cause there's, so in that Minnesota and Michigan <clears throat> series, there's been three ejections in four games. Yeah. yeah. And then I post two on uh that Cooley on one, Sunday. man, that, that you could see it Friday night. They're still mad about it. They're coming at Cooley. He got knocked down a couple of times. The Cooley's but, the only one I agree with. That yeah. he should have been ejected from that game. <laughs> yeah, that, like I think everybody hit, but the, the other one, I didn't like. Neither the Snuggerud wasn't aiming for the guy's head. Exactly, he, he had his head down when he hitting him. So like he was just looking at the puck and trying to pinch him off. Yeah, Estapa. I don't know. The guy's got like five game misconducts this year. Uh, the elbow did come out a little bit, but it, it didn't look like it's enough not to a be five. an ejection. It's not an no. ejection. It's not a five. So again, a two like, if anything. And then the amount of comments. I mean, goodness. I hope you guys all grabbed some Charmin Ultra Soft this morning. <laughs> what are we talking about here? Like that's a penalty. Everybody's like, yeah, penalty. Get them in the box. Fine. Neither of those were intentional in my in my, yeah. my opinion, and neither of them deserve to be game misconducts. Nope. Like, nope. Let's Soft. Keep, and it's a huge series. Like you're going to kick out Jimmy Snuggerud, who's going to probably yeah. go to the NHL. Make the make the Big Ten the Atlantic. Let let plays like that go. Let them play, and then whoever got an ejection, th- that team is the one who won. Yeah. You know, yep. like you lost a guy. All right, you're losing an OT now. Like yeah. that's kind of how it looked. At least Jimmy's a big one too to not have an OT. But yeah, you want him out there three on three. That being said, like we know the last time that they played each other, Michigan and Minnesota is is. Michigan had so many guys gone, so it, it was good to see. And Gophers did too. The Gophers had some guys gone, but it was good to see everyone, you know, play against each other. And it was packed house, so sold out. And that that playoff that playoff game is going to be insane when they play each other. Facts in the Big Ten. So I can't wait for that. Let's, yep. let's end on a positive note here. On a recap, uh, Shay Donovan needs to be interviewed thirty times. Yeah, and uh, he's going to be coming on the pods uh, eventually here. So he won for that. He won Glue Guy of the Year for you know for those who don't know him. Yeah, we have on the pod. How, how do you win Glue Guy of the Year for ECH and not have? A, because he gave up his shin pads. He did. <laughs> to the opposing team last year. Remember that story? <laughs> and he's like, nice to see those shinnies get some work. God, yeah. We got to get him on the pod. This guy's uh, a glue guy for every team in the NCAA. We, we got next, we got an NCHC guy coming on. And then after that, we're going to have, uh, I think we're going to go Shazo unless, unless some big story comes out. But NCHC guy, you guys can guess who it is. Um, and then we have after that, uh, Donovan's coming. So hell yeah. Yeah. Good for the Badgers, by the way, just getting that win over Ohio State on Friday. You yeah. know, that was a good split for them. They're they're moving on up a little bit too. Uh, but yeah, love love you, Shay. Keep uh, keep you on the mic. That's what they got to do. Give the people what they want. So that's our that's our recap uh, of this weekend of college hockey coming up here. We have a great interview with James Sixsmith. Like we said, Holy Cross legend, Atlantic hockey legend. You're gonna want to check that out and take profit trader. Why not jump in, make some money with us? You know, absolutely. Let's see what happens. We're excited but, for the future. Got a good. Good way to end the season or, you know, go into the second half of the season, I'd say. Get mm. TPT on your side and uh, get it deep. Yeah, if you're going to take our advice in college hockey bets, why not at least try something that's going to work? Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, imagine making money in trading and then just throwing it all on your favorite that's, team. That's, 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 I mean, kind of stole my game plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
like dogs are gonna be such. Or even if you go back, even if you suck and 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 sixer just cuts you after a day, get the money back. Say sixer, I bet the dogs this week and they upset. Here we go. Let's go back one more more round. Let's run it back. I might lose again, but let's run it. I feel like he's gonna be sick of me. He's like, where is this coming from? And I'm like, the dogs are hot. The dogs. Get me in there, sixer. We get him into college hockey betting, just really. <laughs> like, where'd you get the Nanooks, man? Nobody, <laughs> nobody's fading them right now. So, yeah, we're we're pumped for that uh, that partnership with Take Profit Trader. Check yeah. it out if you guys are interested. But without further ado, why not get into it? The man who created it himself, James Sixsmith. So now we welcome on a very special guest for you guys. We've got a former Holy Cross wagon. Top 20 all-time Atlantic hockey player. Wow, that, that felt good to say. And current owner of Take Profit Trader, James Sixsmith. James, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be on here. Uh, it's been, you know, I'm not so much in touch with the college hockey world anymore just because you're so busy, you know, building the business. But, you know, you guys are doing something really cool here. I mean, these are those archaic websites we used to look at when I was in college in 2007. So um, it's really awesome what you guys are doing here. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I mean, we just got to say we're, we're pumped to have another Atlantic podcast on, That's true. you know, if, That's and, true. you know, someone who actually like helped build the Atlantic, you know, we haven't got back into the, the original OG days where, you know, Holy yeah. Cross was holding it down where you're making two tournaments. Someone that also crushed the hearts of Minnesota fans everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Especially my, my brother probably yeah. wouldn't be talking to you right now. He still <laughs> takes it pretty personally. Yeah. But, like. yeah we are uh, one of the, I, I think my freshman year was the first year of Atlantic hockey. So my, um, it was still going to be the Mac. If you, you got you, none of your viewers probably remember that, but it was still going to be the Mac. And then my, when I was coming in my freshman year, they did this, like, oh, we're going to call it Atlantic hockey now. And, um, you know, so Atlantic, it's been around for a while now with that 20 years. And, um, it, you know, we were at the beginning, right. At Quinnipiac was in the league sacred heart. And I'm sure we'll talk about all this stuff, but back in the day, back in the day, um, those rinks were just they were awful. Like, <laughs> like, they, like it made Holy Cross look like Ralph Engelstead. You know, some of those, those, those teams were playing in. Um, and I, I think it's awesome what the league has done. Uh, you know, the, the schools have really invested in those buildings. And I saw your stuff about Sacred Hearts New Ring. That's really awesome. And it's incredible. You know, Quinnipiac, of course. Quinnipiac, of course, was in the league when we when, when Atlantic Hockey started. And my senior year, they opened their new rink. Um, I remember. Um, a lot of memories from from that too, but yeah, really cool what Atlantic Hockey's been able to do, and college hockey in general. I mean, the game has grown so much. Yeah, it's crazy. Let's uh, sh- should we jump right into there? I kind of want to get uh, you know, I'd say we're most excited about just partnering with you and in your company. Obviously, what you did beyond hockey there, you know that that's incredible in itself. So you go from top twenty all time Atlantic hockey player, not a big deal. Uh, then you play professionally for what twelve years. And then, yeah, 12, 12 or 13. 12. And a half, we'll give you 13. We'll, 13. Get in the we'll give you 13, 14. <laughs> 14. <laughs> we'll throw that in there. But like, when did, uh, so now owner take profit trader, um, you know, talk about that. That's our, that's our new partnership. We're really excited about what is take profit trader. And you know, what, what does your company do for people, especially young athletes, uh, coming out of college or maybe, you know, bro, come Yeah. Going pro what coming out of pro. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's so much stuff here. Um, I remember, you know, when I, I, I played a couple of years in North America, I, I was undersized. I wasn't drafted, had a decent career at Holy Cross. And at that time, Pat Rissmiller, who also went to Holy Cross was playing in the NHL. So they were like, ah, oh, if like, if this, if Pat could play in the NHL and like, 
you know, James is doing just as well at Holy Cross. Like maybe like, you know, he's worth a shot. So I bounced around like most undrafted guys uh, in the American League in the East Coast. And it got to a point where I really wasn't making enough money. And then all the, the you know, the European uh, teams start calling. It's a little bit different now um, because at that time, you when you went to Europe, like nobody came back. Like there was no chance. Like if you went to Europe, you were giving up on the dream. Um, you know, but, you, you know, you're making, you know, 700 bucks a month or 750 bucks a month in the coast. At some point, you know, like, you know, the I remember some of the conversations I had with the Lane Lambert, who was the head coach in Milwaukee when, when I was in the American League, um, is now the coach in New York Islanders. He, he'd bring me in and be like, Sixer, like, you know, I want to keep you, but like, you know, we got these first rounders and, and this and that. And, and it's just part of the business. And you learn that. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let me go make some money after three years of beating my head all, all up against the wall. And, um, you know, so I went to Europe and then I remember vividly we were talking about Take Profit Trader. When I got to Germany, uh, my first year, I played in Cologne in the DEL. I was pumped about being there. It felt like the NHL. We drew like 16,000 a night. It was wild. Damn. Um, but I also knew at that point, since you couldn't come back to the, you know, I, my dream of playing in the NHL was most likely over. I remember sitting um, in my room or in my place in Germany. I'm like, damn, what am I going to do uh, when I'm done here? Like, what, what, you know, the, the writing is on the wall. I didn't know if I was going to play one year in Germany and be done or, you know, I just didn't know. I didn't know, yeah. but I knew that I most likely wasn't playing in the NHL because growing up and even through college, like I was going to play in the NHL. Like that was all I was going to do. And, and, you know, that was the first time I was like, damn, like, you know, I might, I might not do that now. So what am I going to do? So I started trading. I, I was always really um, interested in the financial markets. And so I started trading and trying to figure out because, just because you had so much downtime as a pro hockey player, uh, yeah. you don't maybe not have as much the guys listening right now as a, as a collegiate hockey player, because you're going to school, but as a pro hockey player, I mean, it, I liken it to like the Christmas time when you're on campus and it's like, mm. okay, you go to practice and you don't do anything else. And you just sit there and, right. you, and you ham it up with the boys and it, that's awesome. But like, it's like, well, you know, I got to do something because I got to start to set myself up for, you know, life after hockey. And fortunately, like, I was able to play 10 years in Europe and I bounced around, played in Sweden, Norway, Germany, you know, Austria, all, all you know, kind of all over the place. And I was able to build like my trading career and my businesses, you know, and, and I, and I'm fortunate to be able to do that. Um, the, we can go into, I don't know if you guys want to, into, you know, trading and, you know, how I ended up with take profit trader, how I'm starting take profit trader, but you know, long story short, Trading is just like hockey. It, it's hard. It's it's really hard. There's a lot of money at stake. And, um, you know, I was naive at first, lost a bunch of money. And then I found prop trading. And prop trading is basically like you show your skills to a company that actually funds you and funds basically your trading business. So if you can like, let's use the hockey analogy. It's like going in and, and showing, like, let me try out for your hockey team. And if, if I make it, then... Like I'm on your team and you pay for my equipment and all this stuff. And then, you know, if I'm able to get a sponsorship deal, then I get part of, of the proceeds. Right. So it's essentially like that. Traders come to us. Prop trading is like traders come to us. They show us their skills if they're successful. And then we give them money to trade with and then we split the profits. So 
it kills it kills kind of two birds with one stone like guys don't lose a whole lot of money starting out when they start trading because you're going to lose money at, at first when you trade like trading is very difficult and and you get into it thinking that you're going to you know make all this money and it's going to be great and what happens is you get beat up pretty bad at first and mm. and so our model allows people to come in learn and not lose nearly as much money starting out until they make it and then also underfunded traders get beat up because you're going against people with really deep pockets, really good technology and opening up a Robin hood account or something with 300 bucks and thinking you might as well just go buy $300 with a lottery tickets because <laughs> you've got, you've got no chance. Yeah. You really don't. And I didn't know that start now. And you guys probably listening to this probably don't know either. Um, but you know, th th those are, that's the gap we bridge is like, you know, somebody that's new and somebody that's a seasoned trader and it's like making money from the markets. And like to get over to this side, it's like getting from peewee hockey to the NHL. Mm. You think you're just going to go right over there. But in reality, like the road is like this. And we help bridge that gap and take profit trader by, you know, funding traders and making sure that they're well capitalized, A, and they're not losing their shirt, B, um, you know, on, on the way there. Mm. I think that's, that's really well said. I think what's interesting is like not something you had to go to school for per se, you know, and and ninety five percent plus probably don't go to the NHL. So James, how many how many guys, let's say hockey players, have you converted into this uh, profession now? So we had uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, we had a thing with we tried to do with the PHPA uh, Professional Hockey Players Association, and again, um, I think I don't know how many of your viewers are actually current players. And I'm sure you have all of the college hockey, women's college hockey. I'm sure you have some people that are just fans of college hockey as well, but um, we, we had a program just for hockey players. We still have a lot of hockey players um, in the program, guys that are current uh, college players. Mostly, most of those guys were Holy Cross grads or currently in Holy Cross. Um, and, and we have some guys all the way up through NHL, like in, in the NHL that want to learn something mm -hmm. else. Again, a lot of that with pro hockey players is downtime. It's like, Okay, you know, I, I used to drink beers with the best of them with the guys, right? But after a while, you're like, okay, like, am I going to, you know, can't drink now beers what? at one o'clock in the afternoon after yeah. practice, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, so they, they want to learn a skill, right? This is about learning a skill. I'm not telling all you, your users that, or your viewers that trading is for everybody, but um, there are a lot of hockey players that's really opened their eyes is, hey, like, I can start now learning a new skill that I can use while I'm playing hockey or not just, I try to get all the, the hockey players and I have a mentee at Holy Cross right now. His name is uh, and Nick Hale. And I think he was player of the week last week. He's, he's sick. Yeah. I reckon it. that name jumps ECH award. Yeah, so, defenseman of the week. Yeah. 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 I think he had a bunch of points, six points last weekend against air force, but um, I always have this conversation with Nick and we have like, uh, everybody has this either or it's like either I'm going to play hockey or I'm going to go start working. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way. It does not have to be this like binary thing that I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. You can like play professional hockey and learn skills. Well, it doesn't have to be trading, but I try to keep my mentees and the people that I talk to out of this either or mentality. It's like, Hey, you can do both. And that that's the beauty of trading is because you don't have to sit at the computer all day. In fact, people do better when they don't stare at the computer screens all day because you just end up making bad decisions and stuff like that <laughs> and, um, in the markets. And, 
this call probably isn't for that, but I'm just saying that you can, this is a skill that you can learn alongside your hockey career. And there's a lot of, uh, I think that the, one of the biggest attributes for a trader is grit. And like, you have it, like the best traders I've seen awesome. actually are hockey players because they have grit. You have to be able to get punched in the face in the market and get back up because the market's going to punch you in the face, just like <laughs> you're going to get punched in the face trying to make it for the NHL or trying to make a new podcast or trying to grow a business. And the number one trait of good traders is grit. Like mm. you've got to have it or forget about it. And you guys have it. Like the guys listening to this, they already have it. And that's why the transition to teaching somebody trading that's already an athlete is so much easier than just like an average everyday person. I think it's, it's so good too, to like for other players to see a guy like yourself kind of start something while you were playing pro and turn it into a business and then give back to those players. Like, Hey man, like, this is what you can do after. It doesn't matter what you went to school for. Like you already have these skills built into you to be successful when you're done, like make that transition way less scarier than it like has to be. Sure. Right. De- definitely. I mean, yeah. And, you- and, I, and I, and I also think to add to that, uh, Austin is that, um, again, I, I think that the, the landscape was a little bit different. I graduated in 2007. So it was more of the, okay, you're going to start at entry level, no matter if you're 30 or you're 23. And, and I just don't think that's the case anymore. I think that the, the the landscape has changed a bit where people are like, hey, you don't have to be a finance. You don't have to have a degree in finance to be a trader. You you don't have to you know go to school for this or that. Hell, you don't even have to go to university anymore you know, you know, to make it, you see these guys, you know, have YouTube channels and whatever mm. that, that are making plenty of money. The, the old um, framework of get out of school and start working for the next 30, 40 years. Sure. It works for some people, but that wasn't going to be me. Right. Like I, I knew when I was playing professional hockey, I'm like, there is no way in hell that I'm going, I'm leaving here. I'm going to go sit behind a corporate desk. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm just not, gonna, it's just not for me. Now it's again, I'm not saying entrepreneurship and trading is for everybody because it's not, but you just got to know who you are. Right. And, and I want to, I, the reason that I'm saying that is because some of your viewers are probably listening to this and going, you know, like I have this burning desire inside me to, you know, to try to do something and everybody's telling me I got to do it this way, but it doesn't, I'm telling you that it doesn't have to be that way. Right. It doesn't have to be. I mean, you, you don't know how many eye rolls I get. You guys probably get the same. You guys are starting something awesome. When someone says, oh, you're doing that ECH thing again. Or yeah. Everything college hockey. It's like, <laughs> oh, six are like you're you know, you're a short term trader. You know, like the odds of, of making it as a short term trader. I'm like, yeah. You know what the odds of making it as a professional hockey player were mm. pretty damn small. Right. <laughs> um, it's just, you know, it's like, let me do, do you stay in your lane. Let me stay in mine. And, then, you know, it's funny, though. Because the same, those same people are the ones calling me looking for, you know, hey, like, how can I work with you? Like, how can you teach me? The same people that five years ago were telling me I was an idiot for, for even going down that road. Oh, we definitely got that starting ECH. I mean, just having no followers for the first couple of years and then. Now it's a lot different, but the amount of people are just like, oh yeah, you run that podcast. I'm like, I mean, that's one tenth of what I do. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just yeah, a podcast. Yeah. You're right. Like, <laughs> right. Um, I, I know, I know how it feels, man. So don't, uh, anybody that's listening, like you, you can do, I, I, I don't, it's so, so cliche or like you can do whatever you want. Like you yeah. can have a, we got guys that, that, um, you know, a couple guys from Cornell, you know, what, 
came into the program and, you know, loved it. And, you know, the guys from different schools, guys that didn't even go to school, guys that are in the NHL right now. I mean, there's, there's no, like, everybody wants to put everybody in the same bucket. It's, and it's not, yeah, I, from what I've seen, man, I've trained thousands of traders. You just got people from, you know, everywhere saying, man, like, everyone says, I got a Cornell degree, I should be doing this. But, like, trading is pretty cool. Like, I like this way better than, you know, you know, my day job and, and working to, maybe, again, maybe it's not trading, but just getting out of that mentality that like, oh, I've got to do what everybody else tells me I have to do. I, I just don't think that that's, um, I, I, and then that, at least that for me wasn't something that I, that I was willing to accept. Mm, for sure. Yeah. Just teaching people that you can grow another skill set and it doesn't have to be just that one path that clearly like colleges push on people. You, oh, you have your major Well, you're doing that the rest of your life. You know, like you, you got right. other I, options I was, out there. I was an econ major. So like I was always interested in, in the market because Holy Cross was liberal arts. It didn't have anything like specialized. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I, I can't say that my major wasn't useful at all, but like yeah. trading. Because I was speaking like, more for me. Really, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, what I'm saying is like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know that a, a psych major would, would have any more difficulty than an, than an econ major at trading. Like, I, I just don't. Right. Um, but was there anything in school that, I don't know, made you want to do this after hockey or like, or was it just, you just figured it all like during pro hockey. That was it. You started learning all of it during hockey on your own. Well, I was always, um, I was always interested in the markets and like entrepreneurial spirit, kind of like, Hey, how, how could I, um, you know, how, how could I make, make money without having to like work for somebody else? Yeah. So part of it was I, I needed to be able to do something remotely too, to be honest with you. Cause I mean, I was sitting in a, in a, you know, th uh, three bedroom place by myself in Germany yeah. thinking like, okay, <laughs> I don't speak German. I can't, st I'm not going to like start a brick and mortar business over here. So it had to be something for me that I use technology, right? I had to use te the technology, whether that be, I, I, of course, that was before like Amazon FBA or any, anything like that, where you could kind of, um, you know, make money selling stuff on Amazon. So I just thought of something that there would, would a, I could do it online, B it could scale. Right. And there's nothing that scales better than, you know, the financial markets. I mean, it's, and that's also why it's difficult, right? Because the, you know, when you get, when you get that skill and you get really good at it, you know, there's a reason that some of the richest people in the world made their money in the markets. I mean, you can, this, the scale is almost infinite. I mean, depending on your, your product and your asset class and stuff like that, but um, it had to be something that had both of those, that it scaled um, where, you, you know, once you learn the skill, you can make a significant amount of money from it, but also, you know, the ability to be able to do it online because I was in Europe. I read, uh, I read this article on you too. I think it was back in like 2020, but it, it went really in depth about how you kind of, um, would do it. Like you were doing this in the locker rooms and guys would come over to you like six or what are you working on? And that's how you kind of like started yeah. showing people. Right. So that, that's kind of how the, the education side of the business, because at first I was just a trader for myself, mm -hmm. but yeah. you know, like when you do something, and you're, and you're close with a hockey team, I mean, any of your viewers or you guys have been in the dressing room, everybody knows it's like, okay, on the bus, I've got this thing open. Somebody walks by to, you know, to go to the bathroom and they see a, a stock screen on, on my laptop open. They're going to start asking questions. Right. So it just becomes this thing where, and I, I let, let's say something like 
this, you know, when you when you get those articles written about you, they, they tend to sensationalize a little bit. Like I, I certainly was not the smartest guy, and I am not. You know, I had a three point zero 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 one at Holy Cross because I was just trying to keep my head above water to stay above a three. I was not the smartest guy that I on any of my teams. It's just that the guys started to see that I was doing this, right? They started to see in the, hey, Sixers in the markets. He's seems to be, you know, um, you know, making some some decent money, um, and he's doing it a lot. So they started asking questions, and then. You know, when something would come up in the dressing room, we'd be watching something before the game, and something would come up about the the world economy. They'd be like, "Oh, ask Sixer; like <laughs> he, he knows about that stuff." So it really wasn't that you know I was some whiz kid or genius because that's just not true. But it it was that the guy started to catch on, and then that's really how I got my start, or or how I turned the corner in my own trading. Is because there was this guy, Jason Krog who won the Hobie at UNH many, many years ago. I told him he was playing during World War II because he was on my line <laughs> in Norway. And he, like, he, I told him I, I kept him out of retirement for a couple of years, but he had like uh, video game numbers in the American League. Um, like he'd had like 120 points a year. Um, I think he played two or 300 games in the NHL. And he was on my line in Norway. And he saw me doing this. And I was kind of in, in, a, in, a, in a little bit of a rut because – I didn't have, I had lost a lot of money in the market as I was finding my way. And as I was turning the corner, I had depleted a lot of my capital. So what, what Kroger did was he was like sixer, you know, I made some money. Um, let, let's kind of like, let's kind of partner up and, and, you know, I'll front some money. We can kind of start a business together. And we did that. And, um, you know, the, here we are five years later, and we have these prop firms where not only was I able to make money in the markets because of that, I'm now able to take that model, right, and fund other traders. Because what we have and, and what you need in place with that is risk systems, because if we give somebody money, we need to make sure that they're able to, you know, we're able to cut them off, mm. you know, when they lose a certain amount of money. And that's really important because like the number one thing in trading is risk. Like you've got to be able to control risk. Um, if, if, especially if you're funding a pool of people and you have a pool of money then you can't like one guy can't take you, be able to take you out. Right. We can't right. let, uh, you know, Connor lose, you know, a million dollars next me. week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so we can't, we, we, we got to have these risk systems. And, and so, you know, the hockey world helped me get where I am now. And, and right now in our company, the, the CEO of our company was a 2008 Holy Cross grad that worked 15 years at a private bank in Boston. The other guy, one of the other guys in my company, I played professionally with in Norway. He was 16 when I got there. He was wearing a cage and he was always reading on the bus. And when I started this company, he was like six or like every time you, you know, I was giving him all the books and he was reading it. So when I started the company, I wrote, Hey Max, you want, you want to come along for the ride? Now he's still playing professionally in Norway. Um, and, and so the hockey world is so, it's so tight as you guys know that the, you know, we meet people along the way, but for the most part, you know, the, the company is run by hockey players. It's owned by hockey players. And it's um, you know, we have a lot of hockey players that are clients of ours. So, the hockey roots run deep uh, at Take Profit Trader. 
God, I love that. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect for us awesome. for the partnership though to, to have hockey guys that they're working with, and it, it is yeah exactly it's for just, guys that are, it's just are like talking playing smoothly. You know, yeah. it's not like you're going into like if you, when you think about trading. At least for me, I haven't traded shit. All I do is lose in sports betting. Yeah, but like <laughs> you know, if you're talking to somebody who like knows the stock market, you would think like, holy shit, I'm not gonna understand a word they said. It's just like a normal conversation with you. Just you know how you're kind of pitching everything, how you're planning everything out. Like it's about you know risk aversion. I'm like, yeah. I probably shouldn't bet on Duluth as much this year, but I keep doing it. Yeah. You know, I just keep bringing the risk with you. Yeah. So I so think it, 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 Connor, it's very, it's very similar to sports betting. Like it, it's just, you know, being able to control your risk and, and, and learning in a, um, you know, learning what you should do versus, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I can tell you not to touch that stove. Right. Just like your grandfather did. But eventually, like you're going to touch it and feel what it feels like to get burned. Right. And that's and that's usually how we learn that. I see it all the time in the markets, too. Like our traders, they know that they, they shouldn't bet on Duluth, for instance, <laughs> like if we're going to use that analogy. But they do it. And then one day it'll, it'll say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Right. Um, <laughs> so the. Uh, so, yeah, we we have all this stuff in place, man, and, and um, it's trading is anybody that it, it's a complicated thing, you know, and it, it overwhelms people. But we know that. Right. And, mm. and we know that there's there's a way to simplify it. So I could simplify. We have, in fact, we have, a, you know, a beginners traders mini course. I'm going to put it on YouTube. And I, I purposely made all the four videos and they're like eight minutes long to basically get you from not even knowing how to open a chart to having open, you know, open a chart, have a template where you, that you can use, have market data flowing through and take a trade. Like if you can do that, you you can learn that in a half an hour. I'm not telling you you're going to be a good trader in a half an hour. No, it takes like screen time. It takes, you know, blood, sweat and tears like everything else. But, you know, at least in order to start, you got to get over that overwhelm. And most people kind of like you, you're like, Oh my God, like trading is so hard. I would never be able to do it. And it's absolutely false. Like everything is simple at its core. You just need the right person to be able to tell you without using these like buzzwords and stupid shit that like doesn't mean anything. You know, exactly. Yeah. That's what people do. Try to make them sound sound cool and, you know, sophisticated and it's, it's pointless. Yeah, simplify. It sounds like you so guys are running. Even a guy from Duluth could figure it out. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sorry. Bemidji State. Come oh, on yeah, now. Yeah. We're all we're all we're all grit around here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it sounds like the puck's in deep of learning how to trade. You yeah. know, just simplify it, get to the net, let's make some money. But you but know? just to go over one more time, so <laughs> right. so guy, guys come in and you the risk the risk is kind of taken out, right? You're doing everything on a smaller scale. Do you want to explain more on that? Like right when they get in, obviously they have their training to do, but you guys are kind of making sure they don't blow blow out the bank. Right. So what we do and, and to try to simplify and I always try to give, if you can't explain it in a paragraph, it's too complicated. Right. So, you know, what we do is we charge an upfront fee and let's call it like 150 bucks, right? 150 bucks for you to, to try out. Yeah. Okay. You to try out. So we'll give you an account size. Okay. Here's your starting balance. You need to get to a profit target up here yep. before you lose a certain amount and get down here. Yep. If you can do that, and show us a little bit of consistency where you're not just doing it in one lucky trade, for instance, then we'll give you that same account in real money. Okay. And then once you get that real account, if you start moving up, all of this money is yours. Okay. 80% of it 
the, of the profit goes to you, 20% of the profit comes to us. Yeah. Okay. If you lose the money, so if you go from the account size a year and you lose the money, we cut you off at a certain point. You don't, you don't bear any of that risk. If you lose, that's on us. Mm. You've paid for that in your $150 evaluation fee, right? We, we cushion ourselves from that, you know, the technology fees that we charge for people to take the evaluations, okay, to try out for, for lack of, you gotcha. know, yeah. uh, to, to simplify it further. So, you know, we get some fees and, and, and we you put these people through. The people that, you know, pass the test and get a real account, if, if they go straight down and lose their allotment of money, then, then, they're, then they're out and they mm. can go back and do an evaluation and try again. But they don't bear any of that real money loss. And, and, the, and, and so what happens is a lot of times people come in and, you know, they'll fail an evaluation or two and it costs them maybe 300 bucks total. Whereas I lost six figures in the market, six figures in the market when I was playing professionally, because there was no such thing as this before. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone wants to shit on technology and stuff like that because it's making the world worse. But there are benefits of technology, too. And like financial technology has grown so fast that now you have the ability to showcase yourself as a trader and not take that risk on yourself. We take that risk on because we're our, our technology will allow allow us to cut people off at certain thresholds and and really monitor how traders are doing. So no longer does a trader have to say, okay, I'm going to start trading and just get punched in the face and take a hundred thousand dollar loss before they figure it out mm. or even worse, move on to the next thing. Mm. Okay. So when people, you hear people talk about day trading, say 98% of day traders lose money or short-term traders lose money. They're absolutely right. But do you know why? Not because it's that difficult. It's because they run out of money before they can figure it out. Right. Right. That's okay. why the numbers are real. Like the numbers are real, but it's not because of the difficulty. It is difficult, but it's not like a 2% w would make it. It's just that people lose a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand dollars and I'm like, oh, screw this. I, you know, I can't afford to do this anymore. As opposed to if you lose an evaluation, you might lose 150 or 300 bucks. Right. Big, you know, big deal. It's, 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 it's basically part of your tuition that you're paying to the market. Okay. Yeah. And that allows us, that evaluation process allows us to basically vet traders. So if you can pass the test, like we're confident putting you in the live market and like, let's go, let's go make some money. Let's go. And I think that's huge for, huge for college kids too. I mean, like you said, not a lot of college kids can afford to lose six figures coming out of college. You give them the opportunity to, to pay a couple hundred bucks to get a chance to make real money. Like that's, that's awesome. It, it, exactly. And if it weren't for me playing pro hockey and I mean, I wasn't, making a whole lot of money in the American league or the East coast, as everybody knows, but you know, you start to make more money when you go to Europe. And, and if it weren't for that, then we wouldn't be having this conversation because I would have <laughs> ran out of money too. And I would have had to stop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I get that. I would have right? so, to start with the, with the SPHL salary that I was making. So I would have been, I been fucked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, MVP, yeah. MVP money. That's <sighs> No bonus for that, unfortunately. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah, that's tough. That, yeah, that's funny. I don't. I don't want to start giving the acronyms for the SP like we were talking about in Tucson. Uh, yeah, no. We'll we'll save that for, for <laughs> we'll save off that air. for uh, off air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's tough. Um, yeah, no, man. That's awesome. We should uh, 
I think we we got to get into to your past and your career, and I think we we should start with that that Minnesota yeah, let's, game. Let's let's talk, let's learn who's uh, behind this company. Yeah, talk about the Minnesota game. We're going right into <laughs> so, it. We've got some interesting stories about that. I mean, I was on, I don't know if you guys know who Jeff Lombecchio is, but I was on his podcast with Topher Scott. I forget what it's called, but um, we were talking about some Minnesota stories. And the, the thing I remember most about this, and this is a, you know, it makes people chuckle if you're in Atlantic hockey because you probably feel the pain. Well, maybe not anymore because Atlantic hockey's got more money, but we were playing. Uh, so we played Minnesota the first night, right? And, and, and we're playing at, at Ralph Engelstead. And North Dakota, it's North Dakota, Michigan, Holy Cross, and Minnesota. So um, on, on Minnesota had like Kessel and Goligoski and Chris Chucko and Blake Wheeler. And like they were loaded, right? Yeah. So before the game, one of the guys on our, because uh, we were we were in the locker, in the dressing room next to uh, North Dakota. And one of my line mate, his name was Sean Mappo. Now, I don't know if you listen to this, I haven't talked to him in probably 10 years, but he, he went over. This was in the days of you guys are probably too young for this, but they had the, the orange synergies. So oh my God, course, I know, like, oh yeah. They, they uh, they, he went over and he pulled an orange synergy out of the trash can and he he cut the bottom off and stuck a blade in the bottom of it. Oh my and God. Played that night, you know. So we were going to get the trash. <laughs> we were going to get the trash from North Dakota and using it in in the regional, right? And then we won that game in overtime. And then the next night we got um, we got North Dakota at their own barn because they beat Michigan the night before. And then like I think man that lineup uh, I think their their opening lineup was like Jonathan Taves, Travis Zajac, and T.J. Oshie, um, and and, and uh, Drew Stafford, and uh, who else was on that squad? Murderers I mean, Row. You look at the two the two thousand six. Uh, North Dakota team, and it was it was wild. Um, who, who was on? And again, your listeners may be a bit young to remember some of those guys. They're still household names because a lot right. of them are still playing in the NHL. But um, yeah, they were stacked, and they they beat us five to two just because at that time, uh, Atlantic hockey just wasn't deep enough, right? We weren't deep enough to compete with those teams. Like we were good, and it wasn't a fluke that we beat Minnesota. Like we had a really we had a really good team. Of course, if we played them 10 times, it wouldn't have been, right. you know, five to five, like it might've been eight to two or nine to one, but you know, they were the number one team in the country and they were stacked, it, but then having to go back the next night and play North Dakota in their own barn with the, the, the squad that they had, it was, <laughs> it was a tall pass. The Crusaders. Did they leave any more synergies out for you the next night? Yeah. <laughs> they learned their lesson. Well, I, I, <laughs> the guys always chuckle about that man because it just showed where we were like i remember my freshman year we got four we got four sticks and uh that, that's God. Was, was four some guys go through four in a week yeah. So, <laughs> yeah so the boys the boys listening um you know you, you should uh especially if you're at holy cross you should be thankful what would you have guys yeah it's uh well, what'd you do when you broke the four did you have what to you say? Or, no, you had to go to you had to go to a sports shop and get some. And depending on who you were, depending on who you were, like you might you might get a uh, the, you know the school to pay for it. But you know most of the guys they were they were it, it, it was it was tough. I mean Holy Cross was great play. It was a great place to play, man. It was fun. We were good. The school had our back, but like you know there there wasn't a whole lot of resources for the hockey program to say the least. Uh, and going around in those days and. I know we're, we're laughing about about it now because we can look back at it, but it wasn't like we were neglected. It's just that 
there just wasn't the budgets that there are now. We had no scholarships. Um, it was wow. all need-based financial aid. I think they have 18, everybody in Atlantic hockey, I think now has eight, the full 18, right? Because yeah. at the time, I think you weren't allowed in Atlantic hockey more than 11. So most schools had 11, Holy Cross didn't have any. And then uh, they went to 18. Um, and then, you know, I think everybody has 18 now. So um, different, different days. And, and I think that everybody in Atlantic hockey should be thankful for what they have because the barns were awful. <laughs> the, uh, you know, there were some really, there were some really good players, but, um, that, that were pretty successful and uh, pro careers. But I think now with the facilities and stuff, you'll see more guys jumping from Atlantic hockey to, uh, you know, to, to the NHL or to at least the high minor leagues and mm-hmm. European leagues, because they're going to attract better players because of the facilities now. Right. Yeah. We were just 100%. at Sacred Heart uh, last weekend or two weekends ago now. God, yeah. I, want, I want to be back there. Their, <laughs> yeah. their new rink is ridiculous. Like it's an NHL kind of facility, their locker room. Just like, smaller scale. Yeah. But, but the facility itself is probably better than some NHL easily. locker rooms. Wait, it's insane. And it's pretty cool to see how far Atlantic's come. How, when's the last time you were at Holy Cross and have seen what, you know, what, just the renovations they've made? I know they're s- smaller uh, scale, but um, just how far they've come. Yeah. So I, um, they're talking right now about doing a pretty large scale renovation on the hockey rink because they like, they updated the football and the basketball and the hockey was going to be last. Um, so they're going to do that soon. Uh, we're in some discussions about that. Um, so hopefully that gets done sooner rather than later. I haven't been there. I, I haven't been back as much as I should, to be honest with you. I was in Europe for so long and mm. I got back to Florida and I was busy building these companies. I'm going back there this weekend for the ceremony um for the Atlantic hockey like 20 year thing whatever they call that I don't I don't know top 20 all time not a big deal (laughs) yeah (laughs) I I think last time there I was there was um I think like the hall of fame induction I I was lucky enough to be included in that um I think that was three two or three years ago um so uh, yeah I don't get back as much as I should Mm. but now that I was doing this mentorship program I feel like I'm as close to the program as I've been um, since, you know, really since I graduated in 2007. Do you have a, a favorite memory from college other than the Minnesota game? Like what, what do you remember, remember most about you know, playing college hockey with the boys? You know, it, I, I said this in my hall of fame speech. The thing I remember most about college hockey is first of all, I met some incredible guys in pro hockey. In fact, like, um, you know, I won't go into like the names of the guys because I, I don't know if they're listening. It doesn't really matter. But um, the thing I remember most about pro hockey was it was so different than college hockey in terms of camaraderie. Mm. Um, and some people would always ask me when we started playing um, in, in when I started playing in pro, like about the Minnesota game, because it was fresh in everybody's mind. It was early and they were like, um, and, and it occurred to me that they, they always ask me six or like, how did you do that? And it occurred to me after a couple of years, why it's because at, at, at school, everybody was in it together. We were at Holy cross. We weren't leaving early. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hell, we were just talking about having four sticks. Like yeah. it was, it was the boys. It was like the boys on the bus, right? That, that, that was all we cared about. We cared about sleeping so we could have two parties that weekend. Right. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it, it, it's the truth and in, and in pro it was more of like the guy would start to drill and somebody behind you would be talking shit about him because oh how'd that guy get called up mm-hmm. and, and 
And what I realized when people would always ask me about Minnesota was, and, and this isn't to throw shade at Minnesota, but like those guys were in a different situation than we were. Right. Because they were leaving. Phil Kessel was leaving after his freshman year. Yeah. That was his last game when we beat them in, in college. And and it wasn't about Holy Cross being a stepping stone because we knew we were going to be, you know, some guys may try to turn pro, most w- wouldn't. And and so we lived for the moment. We lived, you know, I, we wanted to be together. That's all we wanted. We wanted to hang out and, you know, win games. And, and so it made us, it, that, that kind of mentality kind of galvanizes the group, right? Because we, we cared about each other. We cared about winning. It wasn't like, oh shit, when this season's over, I'm going to the show anyway. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. So really like that closeness as a team is why we would win. Right. And we were, we played for each other. And I know, again, that sounds cliche, but when you don't have ulterior motives of like, okay, I'm going to Minnesota so that I can go to the NHL. And again, that's not throwing shade to guys in Minnesota. They were better. I've probably been thinking the same thing if I was in Minnesota. Right. Right. But we didn't have that luxury. So it was like, all right, boys, like, how are we going to pull this off? Okay. This is how we're going to pull it off. Like, Sixers, you know, is going to chip in a goal maybe and an apple. And, you know, we, we might get a couple bounces. And then TQ, Tony Casado was our goalie. Like, he signed, I think, with the Minnesota Wild after school. TQ's got to stand on his head. And that's what happens. Like, that, that that's how we win. Mm. Um, and, and as opposed to, you know, just outskilling everybody else. And, and um, a big hats off to Coach Pearl. I, I think he's at Cushing. I was at Harvard and um, BU for a while after we, you know, we left Holy Cross, but, um, it was just different. You had, we didn't have the depth guys like that. That's so my biggest memory is going plebs, going back to that, that, or, or James going back to your question is what do you remember most? The memories I remember most are hanging out with the guys Mm -hmm. and being with the guys. And I wouldn't trade those for all my years in pro hockey for those four years in Holy Cross. I like hell no. College hockey was way better than pro hockey. I'm telling you guys that right now that are listening to this that have pro hockey aspirations, like pro hockey's cool, but enjoy yourself at school. I'm telling you right now um, that it, it ain't nearly as cool as you think it's going to be in pro. Uh, yeah. You make some money and that's, that, that's got, it's like, it's, it's benefits of course. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, shitting on guys leaving school early or anything like that either. It's just that man, like, when I was in pro, there's something that's like, damn, I miss playing in college, man. Like it was, it was so much fun. And for me, so much more fun than playing pro hockey. I love that. <clears throat> that kind of brings up another question in my head. I got goosebumps. We're going to stay on Minnesota for a second. Yeah. You got Logan Cooley, third overall, the Coyotes could go play in the NHL right now. But how important do you think it is to stay in college for an extra year? Like, you know, the, the, the top skilled guys, do you think one year is just not enough? Should everyone stay too, at least? Oh man, it's it's such a hard question, man. Because I, again, like it's easy for me to say because I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I know, and there are instances where I know a, a a good friend that stayed one extra year at UMass, and that ended up hurting him. You know that mm-hmm. he stayed an extra year. So I don't think that there's a blanket statement. Like most things, I think that it's there's nuances to every situation, and trading is going to be no different, guys. The guys that come and learn about trading, is, yeah. You know, Cooley's example is going to be different than mine. And, mm. and, uh, but I, I'll tell you from a, a standpoint of 
fun. Like it, it doesn't get better than college. Uh, it, it really doesn't. And I think guys in the NHL will tell you the same thing. I love um, that. Yeah. That went to college. Yeah. Like, right. And like, I wouldn't trade those four years in college for anything. Yeah. I mean, how about just going playing it against Nodak at Nodak? Like how loud was it? The Sioux chants, everything Like, could you even hear, you know, buddy oh, on the bench. Yeah, or... <laughs> yeah. It was pretty cool, man. I, I still got the, the picture. My parents took from like the rafters of the, of the Anthem. That was, uh, uh, it was pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool memory. Well, and all the Nodak fans, just the photos, when you guys beat the Gophers, you can just see Sioux jerseys everywhere. <laughs> They're loving it just as much as like, I mean, that's basically a Holy Cross fan. Everyone's like, a Holy Cross yeah, fan. Yeah. In yeah. Minnesota, yeah. <laughs> That that went from a home game to a hostile environment in one day because they hated <laughs> they were they were loving because they were playing after us right we were the early game right yeah so they they were they were filing in we were going into overtime so it was a like the place was jammed and they were all rooting for Holy Cross <laughs> right uh, obviously and so people were buying trying to buy our jerseys that day. <laughs> for and we sent a lot of memorabilia to North Dakota fans so they could chirp Minnesota and you know subsequent years. Well, and I didn't know until uh, I looked this up. You actually so you made the tournament your freshman year and you played North Dakota that year too, right? My my freshman year we did, and they uh their top line was I remember Zach Breezy, Brandon Bochensky, um, and, and my, I remember the coach, and as long as Breezy doesn't get a breakaway on the first shift, I'll be all right. Sure as shit, 10 seconds into the game, he's going down on the breakaway. <laughs> yeah, they, they beat us 3 nothing, but that was – the score didn't tell the story, man. We, we, that was our first tournament experience. We were nervous, and they were – they were loaded. Um, uh, not as loaded as the team the junior year, but we had experience and our team was much better in my junior year than we mm. were my freshman year. Like we didn't have, we weren't even in that game, even though it was only three, nothing. Damn. But still two tournament appearances in four years at Holy Cross, like not bad, you know, yeah. putting our, it on our the map. Best year, what, my sophomore year, we lost to Quinnipiac and OT. That, that was probably our best team. My sophomore year, we didn't make the tournament that year. And my senior year, we sucked, but, um, <laughs> because, but it, it is, it is what it is. But yeah, we had some good squads, man, at Holy Cross. We really did. And, um, we, again, it's just the best time. And, and so if you viewers take anything, does not take profit trader, enjoy yourself, <laughs> man. If you, if you're in college right now playing college hockey, enjoy it because everyone tells you, but trust me from somebody that's done it in hockey, except for playing the NHL. It, it, pro hockey ain't that cool. Good to know. Good to know. I, I, we can make a shirt out of that. Yeah. <laughs> so somehow, some way, we can make a shirt. But college hockey's it, man. No, we love it. Talk. Should we talk about like how what you guys are going to be, uh, see, you know, seeing take profit trader for uh, on the on our post? I mean, like the yeah, we could, whatnot. Should we should we should we unload that, James? Is that okay? Saying like where yeah, yeah. we'll be seeing your okay. <clears throat> So yeah, we're yeah, we're we're pumped to be uh, partnering with with Take Profit Trader here. You guys are gonna be seeing a lot more of them on our page. If you follow us at Everything Call Chalky or Team ECH on Twitter, uh, they're gonna be sponsoring our rankings post. So again, I think people are pretty fired up that Quinnipiac won't be there uh, mm. this week. But coming up here, they're gonna be sponsoring our rankings post as well as every overtime goal. It's gonna be an overtime TPT goal. Uh, check that out as well as our player awards of the week. So the shot sponge, I don't know how many shot, uh, block shots you had every week at Holy Cross. I got to imagine it was infinity. Yeah. Um, so and they don't even have sticks. So they got to lay to the body on the line. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you're going yeah. out there. <laughs> no lumber. Just get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we got, we got the shot sponge, uh, 
you know, forward uh, defenseman goalie of the week and stuff that doesn't matter as much as the sponge. But uh, yeah, so all that you'll be seeing take profit trader. We're making a special landing page for you guys. So you can get involved in this program. James and I will be joining you as well. Cause I mean, we got to learn something yeah, along this ride here. Plebby, it's up to you. I don't know if Northeastern can keep up, but you know, <laughs> yeah. And I'll add to that, that right off the bat, we, we're starting to do community. So the community is probably the best place for guys that, cause we'll have Q and A's and stuff in there and it's completely free to to, you know, to come in and, and we'll make that available to your listeners. Um, I'll just, I'll have to shoot you guys over the link, but we'll be adding a bunch of stuff so that, you know, it's more, um, you know, tailored to hockey players that maybe don't have any experience starting mm-hmm. from, from scratch. And you can really leverage that community to be part of, uh, you know, that you see a lot of hockey players in there. Um, a lot of, you know, simple conversations to get your feet underneath you before you really like, um, you know, dive in. So you're not diving in thinking that, you know, this is either going to be easy or on the other end of the spectrum, like completely overwhelmed. That That's what the community is for. Right. Yeah. We got to, like you said, we got to get punched in the face a few times while learning along the way, mm. like, you know, low, low stakes. And then hopefully we, uh, we make the team. That's the goal. That's, <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, I just don't want to get scratched, right. man. Just healthy <laughs> scratch. <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> Had enough of those in my day, so he doesn't yeah. even let you try out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Connor? You bet oh, UMD yeah, again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. We know you. You got to get going here too. Um, but we always ask our endorphin sponsored question. Oh God! Uh, you want to get a bottle real quick? Yep. There you go. Let me read that. Oh, oh I hope the camera got that. Congrats. Oh my God. That this was our, nasty. Thank you. <laughs> it's our Endurfin sponsor question of the week. Go to Endurfin.com. Use promo code ECH or Pucks and Deep. You'll get 10% off your first purchase. Best protein in the biz for Holy Cross or anywhere. Uh, so the question is though, for you, James, you know, what would your advice to our, our younger listeners out there be just to, you know, get where you are today? Like, you know, both for professional hockey and beyond like what you built, what, what is your advice to, to our young listeners out there? Uh, it's a, it's a great question. And I think we t- touched on it earlier about, um, you know, not, you know, in your heart what's what's going to be best for you. Right. So like, don't keep your head down and just try to get better every day. And again, I, like I hate using cliches, but um, you know, you've, you've got to be building towards something. And you, even if you get fractionally better, you know, or, you know, just a, a, a decimal point better every day, um, it compounds over time. So, you know, anybody out there, I, I think that, you know, starting a business or making it to the NHL, I mean, I played at Holy Cross, you know, five, eight, you know, 165 and, and was able to make it to, you know, to pro hockey. It doesn't matter if you're small, if you, you know, you're big, it really doesn't matter or in business either. Like, um, you know, you don't have to do what everybody else tells you you should do. Like do, do what you think is you're passionate about and what you think is right. And you just work hard for it and, and, and you'll get there. And I think that, um, you know, I'm an example, but there's hundreds of examples out there um, of, of um, you know, and, and, and I also wanted to let everyone know that's listening in, in closing that if you have something that you're not interested in trading, if it's hockey related or anything, um, get in touch with the guys and, um, you know, they'll give you my information. You can reach out to me. I'm, you know, an open door. So happy to help, um, you know, let, you know, be a sounding board for anything that you guys are thinking or somebody's telling you that you can't do something. Um, I'm, I'm happy to help you and give you some advice, um, for, for whatever that's worth. I love it. I love it. Well, we'll send people over to you and, uh, thanks for coming on today. We're excited to partner with you guys and yeah, we got a bright future ahead here as we, you know, especially as we get ready for the second half of college hockey here. 
Yeah, and I, I think we're just getting yeah. to, to the surface on your your old stories and playing days. We got to have you back on too, but this is a this is yeah, a good yeah. warm up. We can have we can have five or six. I mean, we we had just like most of the guys. Like it, it was a different time. You could get away with a little bit more. And I'm not saying that you know, we should have been in jail or anything like that. Um, but you know, I, I feel old because we didn't have to worry about the same stuff that you guys have to worry about now with the phones and stuff and getting mm. videoed for everything. So. We could have uh, we could have a ten podcast session in a row, and we wouldn't we wouldn't run out of stuff. Um, so I, I like it. It'd be fun one day. Yeah, we got we got to get. Uh, we'll use you to get a Holy Cross jersey and an old uh, Chrome cage a going Chrome too. Cage. Yeah, yeah, we'll put it up yeah, in the yeah. stove. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, thanks a lot again for having me on. Plus, thanks for making the connection and take profit. Um, on the behalf of the company, we're really excited about working with you guys. Appreciate it, James. Us, us too. We're we're fired up. So, and thank you for your time today, man. This is awesome. Yeah, bro. Yeah, no problem, guys. Have a good one. Sounds All good. Right. Talk you soon. Too. Take care. I'm gonna make it bend and break. Say a prayer, but let to the ice with Sean Napo. No call. Matt Burke falls down. Coming out of that corner, Ryan Fatoni lost it. Burke is able to get it ahead to McGregor. Here comes McGregor in over the line on the left wing side. Try to throw it out in front. They score! The biggest upsets, maybe the biggest, in NCAA men's hockey history. Four seed Holy Cross has knocked off top seed Minnesota 4-3 in overtime.